Welcome to Simply PM&R, a Mayo Clinic Talks production. The simple solution for physical medicine and rehabilitation healthcare professionals trying to keep up while on the go. I'm your host, Dr. Jeff Bro, physiatrist in physical medicine and rehabilitation at Mayo Clinic. Steroid injections are a very common treatment intervention for many MSK conditions. There is a very intimate relationship between steroids and the Mayo Clinic. Cortisone was isolated here by two of our scientists who received the Nobel Prize for the discovery of the cortisone. Today we're joined by Dr. Steve Wisniewski, a colleague at Mayo Clinic and a physiatrist in the Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation Program. We're talking about corticosteroid injections for musculoskeletal injuries. Welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. So one of the first questions I have to ask is what conditions respond well to injection therapy? We use corticosteroid injections to treat a variety of pain conditions. The main way that corticosteroid works is by decreasing inflammation. So the best conditions that would respond to this would be true inflammatory conditions. So if someone has active synovitis in a joint, such as in rheumatoid arthritis, that would be expected to respond quite well to corticosteroid injections. However, we use these injections in non-inflammatory conditions as well. So osteoarthritis of joints is a very common reason why we'd inject someone with corticosteroid. We use it in people with chronic tendinopathy, bursitis, and even myofascial pain as well. You know, one of the questions patients always ask is, Doc, how long is this going to last? What's the answer? It's quite variable in my experience on how much relief patients will get from corticosteroid injections. Many of the studies show that it's actually fairly short-lived, maybe a number of weeks or two to three months on average. Clinically, we can see patients get many months of relief at times and get much shorter relief where they only have improvement in their symptoms for days. So it's quite variable, but overall, about two to three months would be very typical. And could you repeat it at two to three months? Yeah, it's very controversial on how many corticosteroid injections you can have, but certainly if someone gets two to three months of relief and it was very beneficial for them, gave them good relief, helped them improve their function, I certainly think it'd be reasonable to repeat that corticosteroid injection at that time. You know, one of the concerns is always, you know, do you put someone on a long-term anti-inflammatory or do a corticosteroid injection? What's your thoughts on that? Which one do you think is, is safer? I think it's going to depend on the specific clinical scenario. Oral anti-inflammatories certainly have numerous side effects and risks associated with them, which we're learning about more and more. In my practice, I tell my patients that in most situations, now you have to take each individual patient take their clinical situation when you're making that decision. But in most patients, a corticosteroid injection is going to be safer than being on long-term anti-inflammatory medication orally. Do you ever use injections in isolations? I mean, just do injections, or do you incorporate other interventions? Many times we're treating these conditions with a multitude of different treatment options. They may be trying some medication if it's safe for them. We may be doing a rehabilitation program maybe trying uh, bracing options. It really is patient dependent. Certainly there are some patients who have already tried some of those common treatments that you do and they respond well to corticosteroid injections and that's their main treatment that they benefit from. The reason I bring this up is there's been recent studies that have shown that injections for chronic tendinopathies and tendinosis such as lateral epicondylitis don't work. You know, what's your thoughts on that? I would agree with that. So most chronic tendinopathies are not an inflammatory condition. They're a degenerative or wear or tear condition. So it would make sense that corticosteroid 
probably is not going to be curative for the, those conditions or help long term. We often see a short term improvement. So for instance, in tennis elbow, it's not uncommon that someone would have dramatic improvement for a month or two. But more studies are coming out showing that long term, those injections are not helpful and may in some situations be harmful. You know, one of the concerns is always when I'm doing the injection, is it the medication getting where I'm thinking it's going? One of the recent advents, or fairly recent, is the use of ultrasound. Tell me a little bit about your practice with the ultrasound-guided injections. So at Mayo Clinic, we've been using ultrasound to guide injections in the peripheral musculoskeletal system for a number of years, certainly over a decade. And it certainly allows us to be 100% sure that we get the injectate, and in this case, the corticosteroid, exactly where we want it to go. Uh, it's somewhat controversial on if that affects clinical outcomes. There are some studies that state that using ultrasound guidance is much more beneficial for the patient, and patients do better. There are some debating evidence out there, some studies that suggest maybe ultrasound does not help them longer term than if you do a non-guided injection. So definitely an area that uh, is ripe for debate. However, we do know from studies that the accuracy is greatly improved with using ultrasound versus a palpation-guided injection. We also know that it's less painful for the patient. So when you can see where you're going, when you can avoid structures that are painful, it's well accepted that the discomfort associated with an ultrasound-guided injection is less than a palpation-guided injection. You know, are there any side effects to these injections? Any risks with a procedure are small, but there certainly are risks associated with the procedure itself. You can occasionally have some bruising or a small amount of bleeding. Usually that's not clinically significant. The risk of infection with the procedure itself is very small, but that's always a, a possibility. As far as side effects from the corticosteroid, some people can get some facial flushing. Usually that's just for a couple days afterwards, but you can feel that. That's not a, an allergy to the corticosteroid. It's just a side effect. In some people, they don't sleep as well the, for a night or two after they've had the corticosteroid injection. Uh, it's not uncommon to have a little bit of a flare of pain as well for 24 to 48 hours where the area that's been injected, actually, the pain gets a little bit worse before it starts to get better. How do you tell patients to treat the post-injection flare? So I certainly telling them about it before you do the procedure is helpful so they know it's an expected possibility. If it does happen, icing is often very helpful, so I give them instruction on how to ice the area. Using over-the-counter pain medications, or if they're currently taking pain medications, let them know which ones would be safe for them to take as well. Again, usually it's just a sh very short-term uh, flare in pain. Sometimes modifying, the, modifying their activity for a day or two can be helpful also. Today's episode was sponsored by Mayo Clinic Online CME, offering on-demand medical education and a wide variety of specialties. This includes the Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation online board review course. Enter your boards with confidence, whether it's your first time through or for recertification. Learn on your own time and earn credit. Register today at ce.mayo.edu slash online. So how do you counsel patients? What do you, what do you tell them is going to be the response to their injection? When, you know, the question is, doc, when am I going to feel better? So in addition to telling them that they might have a little bit of increased discomfort for a day or two, I tell them that everyone's variable, and it could take anywhere from one day up to even two weeks for full effect of the corticosteroid. 
most people within the first four or five days are going to notice an improvement, but there certainly are patients that notice no improvement for seven to 10 days, and then they start to notice improvement. I go on to tell them that if it doesn't help by two weeks, the likelihood that this corticosteroid injection has, is going to help them is quite low at that point in time. When do you repeat? I mean, let's say the first injection doesn't offer them more than 40, 30 to 40% improvement. Would you repeat it? Well, if I did it under ultrasound and I knew that I got the injectate in the right spot, if it only gave them minimal relief, I would be very hard-pressed to repeat that injection. I may reconsider the diagnosis, and maybe what I'm initially doing the injection for, I don't have the diagnosis correct. Maybe there is another cause of their pain in addition to the structure I inject. They could have more than one thing going on. Uh, but if the improvement is very minimal or, or mild, I would be hard-pressed to repeat that injection, especially in the near term. So these injections are just as much diagnostic as they are therapeutic. They certainly can help us to sort out exactly where the pain is coming from. In some clinical situations, it's very obvious that we know where the pain is coming from in a, in a given joint or a given area. But other times, there's multiple structures in a small area that can all present very similarly. And by imaging and clinical uh, methods, it's virtually impossible to be 100% sure we know where the, the pain is coming from. So we certainly use injections to help us diagnostically with the idea that if you inject a structure that's causing pain, it should get better at least temporarily. And that's where having some type of image guidance can help you. So ultrasound guided injections or sometimes injecting joints under fluoroscopy, we can be 100% sure we get the medication in the right spot because we make clinical decisions off of how a patient responds to an injection. Are there some steroid injections, the uh, types of steroids that are better than others? That's been looked at in multiple studies. There's a handful of different steroids that are used. The ones that have been studied most commonly are methylprednisolone and triamcinolone. If you look at the literature for large joints, medium joints, small joints, it's debatable on which one is better. So I think most of us feel that they're equivalent in efficacy. You know, one of my concerns is doing superficial structures with some of the steroids because you can cause a lot of skin atrophy, fat atrophy. Has that been your experience with with some of the steroids? That certainly can happen. I think, again, if you're doing a non-guided injection and not sure where the medication is going or where the steroid is going, the risk of that is higher. It may be higher depending on the higher dose that you use. Uh, using ultrasound can help to ensure we're getting the medication in the, in the right spot and has the potential to decrease those risks as well. Also considering the number of injections you're doing, so trying to space out injections more, might be able to decrease that risk. You know, that's a great question. You know. Patients come in and they say, boy, that injection really helped me. I had it uh, three months ago. Can I get another one today? And how often can I have an injection into my knee? Yeah, that's a very debatable area as well. In my practice, I recommend for a single joint that someone does not have a corticosteroid injection any more frequently than three times a year. I think the more that you can space out those injections, the better. If the patient's only getting a few weeks of relief, I don't think it's worth repeating. But if you have a patient that comes in and they get a good solid three to four months of excellent pain relief, certainly repeating that injection is a relatively low-risk procedure. So in my practice, I'll, I'll offer it to them up to three times per year if they're getting sustained benefit from it. Now, if the patient's younger, we might reconsider that. Uh, this is for the patient who has more significant arthritis uh, and they, other options are not working for them from a treatment standpoint. If someone is younger, I would be a little bit more hesitant to be injecting someone that frequently. There is some evidence coming out that corticosteroid may actually increase the cartilage loss in the joint, so we want to be careful 
on how often we're injecting it and each individual patient. So let's say a patient's getting knee injections from you and they're in the spine center and they're getting injections and epidurals for, for back pain. How many injections can they have totally throughout a year? That's a great question. Nobody knows for sure how much is safe and how much isn't. Some groups decide to base it on the total dose of steroid, and in my practice, I tend to look at the total dose of steroid that they're receiving. I also look at when those injections have taken place. So again, the more we can spread them out, I think it's probably safer. So if someone is getting different areas injected, but they're only getting an injection every two to three months, that might be better than if they're getting five injections in a six-week time frame. So certainly with people having multiple areas where they're getting injected, I would really take a look at the total dose of corticosteroid on a 12-month basis. Steve, you've obviously been doing injections for many years. As someone just starting out in this area, what kind of pearls of wisdom could you offer up on musculoskeletal injections? Well, we always want to remember to do no harm, so we want to make sure that we're doing the injection for the right reason. I think making sure that we're giving patients realistic expectations. Sometimes patients are expecting a cure of their arthritis with a corticosteroid injection, and so making sure that you're educating them well and letting them know that this is a temporary improvement in their symptoms, and maybe it will allow them to participate in therapy more and do some other things that might help them do better on a long-term basis. But certainly the realistic expectations is a big one. Talking about the small risks and side effects associated with it, that would also be one. Uh, making sure that you're, you have a good reason why you're injecting them. Uh, making sure you have a condition that you think is likely to respond to a cortisone injection as well, I think is important. We've been talking to Dr. Steve Wisniewski about corticosteroid injections. He's a colleague in physical medicine and rehab here at Mayo Clinic. Thanks for your time, Steve. Thanks, Jeff. Are you a physiatrist preparing for your upcoming PM&R Part 2 oral boards? Do you need to brush up on your examination skills? Through a combination of didactic lecture, case vignettes, optional mock oral examinations, and online modules, the PM&R board review course can help guide your preparation. This vital course will be held on the historic Mayo Clinic campus in downtown Rochester, Minnesota every spring just prior to the American Board of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation oral examinations. For complete course information and to receive an email when registration is open, visit ce.mayo.edu slash PMR.